A.J. Minter had another blow-up as the Atlanta Braves couldn't sweep the Miami Marlins on Thursday after having a 4-0 lead going into the ninth inning. But Rysdale Iglesias will be here soon. We'll discuss that, and I'll answer all of your questions on this mailbag episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, check out my written work on the Braves over at bravestoday.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy interacting with you, uh, the listener. If you're new on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. We are so close to 5,000 subscribers. I appreciate all support you're watching this video there do me a favor as well hit that thumbs up button as it does help support the show whenever you do that thanks as always for making lockdown braves your first listen of each and every day and thank you to all my everydayers out there i appreciate all of you in the comments section letting me know that you listen each and every day on today's episode, we are going to touch on that ugly ending to Thursday's afternoon's rainy game in Atlanta where the Braves blew a 4-0 lead in the ninth inning and, and were unable to get the sweep there. We'll talk about A.J. Minter and his hopefully soon replacement in Rysel Iglesias who made a, an appearance, unfortunately not for the Braves, on Thursday but down at Gwinnett. And then we'll answer all your questions. We've got a lot about Michael Soroka, some about Marcel Ozuna, and a lot of other great questions as well. But let's start out talking about what happened on Thursday. And I don't want to spend too much time on it, but we didn't have a postcast on Thursday, so I do want to cover the game. Just an ugly, odd game all around. Even you know on the Braves' side, yeah, they scored four runs in that one inning, and it was honestly ugly. It was nothing really hit hard by the Braves. It was some mistakes by the Marlins. It just it was a rainy type of game. It just had that kind of... Rainy, cold, ugly feel to it. Now, all that said, you have a 4-0 lead going into the ninth inning against the Marlins. That's got to be a win. It just has to be a win. And it wasn't. And it's still kind of hard to believe. And A.J. Minter, as great as he has been with the Atlanta Braves over the last two years now, these last three or four outings for him, or three of his last four outings, it has been brutal. And you know, we need to see more of a sample size to see if this is just a decline, if there's perhaps an injury going on. No, there was a question asking about that. The stuff still looks there, so I don't know what necessarily has changed. But again, here over this past week, it has been really rough for AJ Minter to give up five runs in an inning to the Miami Marlins. That just cannot happen. That has to be a win every time, 100% of the time. That has to be a win. I understand people have bad days in baseballs. We all have our bad days. It's been a lot of bad days for A.J. Minter lately, and I still believe in him. Look, I'm not going to let two-plus years of success you know, be overcome by one week of really, really bad performance, but it has been bad. And to all those out there saying this bullpen isn't good, bullpen had to cover a lot of innings today because of the rain delay. Let's not forget they had five scoreless innings before that blow-up in the ninth inning, it's really just been one person. I know Jesse Chavez hasn't been as good lately. Braves shouldn't have to be relying on 39-year-old Jesse Chavez to get them out of tough situations. Look, 
Kyle Wright looked great in this game. It's unfortunate the rain delay happened. It had to get cut short, and you had to go to that bullpen early. I think you know, if that didn't happen and Kyle Wright gets you through six innings and it's a 4 nothing game going to the ninth, knowing Mentor worked the day before, and I get those questioning that. I was questioning that move myself, knowing you got a four-game series coming up to use Mentor in back-to-back games in a 4 nothing game against the Marlins. It's a bit questionable, but I'm not – you know, I'm not going to hate on Snicker for going after it and using your closer, and that's what Mentor is for right now. Uh, so I'm not going to put that all on Snicker, but it was somewhat of a questionable move. But again, to get back to my point, if Wright's able to go six innings and you don't have to use McHugh, you don't have to use you know Nick Anderson and your best relievers earlier in that game, then maybe you go to Nick Anderson to finish it out. You know, maybe you go McHugh in the seventh, uh, Yates in the, the eighth and Anderson to finish it off or, or Dylan Lee. But because they had to use all those best relievers and it was a game they're winning and you want to close it out, I understand the move to put Mentor there. And I think the rain delay kind of messed that up. But just overall, you know, just an ugly game, even offensively, just not, not a lot of great swings out of the Braves in this one. Again, the runs they scored all coming in that fourth inning, nothing really hit hard. And it was a couple of mistakes that they capitalized on from the Marlins, but just really an ugly game for the Braves, but one they should have won. Again, 4 nothing going into the ninth inning against the Marlins. That has to be a win, but still the Braves win three out of four, but go to New York on a bit of a sour note and leave a little later than they were hoping to. All right, let's jump into the questions now. Got uh, several out there. And I'm um, going to start with one here from Bellfire, who says, when Arcia comes back, which could be in a couple of weeks, do we finally see the end of the Ozuna project? No way we can send Grissom back down with how he is hitting in clutch situations. We're still too, like I said, I think we're still at least two weeks away from that. I think a lot of people are looking to that date as when we could see Marcelo Ozuna get DFA'd if it's going to happen. Still a lot of time in between there, and things could definitely happen over that period. But I'm going to start by answering the second part of the question because I don't know the answer. Again, we're we're two weeks away from that. If it's Von Grissom or Marcelo Zuna, Von Grissom's going to get sent down. Um, I, and I don't know that that necessarily is the decision between those two players. But Von Grissom's going to get sent back down. When, whenever Orlando Arcia is ready, I think Von Grissom's going to get sent back down. And this is from a guy who has said lately how much I love having Von Grissom up at the plate in big spots, and he's come through, but he's not going to sit on the bench, and he can't play left field. And you could put him in the DH, but I think you have solid DH options with Rosario, with Travis Darno, hopefully coming back in those next two weeks as well. You're not just going to let Von Grissom sit on the bench. You're going to keep him up here. He needs to be playing regularly, five at least five times a week. So I think Von Grissom does go back down whenever Orlando Arcia comes back. You hope that Arcia picks up that magic that he began the year with at the plate, and you get you know a big upgrade defensively. Uh, look, whatever your thoughts are on Von Grissom, I think most of us would agree he just hasn't looked like that guy defensively. He hasn't necessarily killed the Braves there, but it just doesn't look smooth. I said it after the first ground ball I watched him take in spring training, and perhaps it was you know a bit premature to say this at that point, but he just doesn't look smooth. The, the actions don't look smooth defensively at shortstop. Is he making the routine plays? Yes. Can you live with that if he's going to be 
you know, a 750, 800 OPS player? Yes, I, I think you can, especially with the rest of the lineup. But I do think when Arcia comes back, Grissom goes back down. Does Ozuna get cut at that point or as some of these players come back? I think that will play itself out. I think that'll be a discussion more in a couple of weeks whenever Arcia is ready to come back. But when Michael Harris comes back, hopefully this weekend, if not early next week, uh, you're going to see Nick Solak be the casualty for that. So I think he's uh, the guy that gets sent down there. I think Pilar is safe. Sam Hilliard is obviously safe right now. I think if somebody else were going to get cut on the offensive side of things, it would be Adrianza. Obviously, when Darno comes back, Trump's going to be the one to go back down. But again, I just I don't see them keeping Grissom up unless they are going to play him pretty much every day. So I still think Ozuna is safe for the moment when Arcia comes back. Next question. Um, this one coming from Cavs Buckeyes, who says, is there any Tim Anderson deal that doesn't include Von Grissom? Love TA, but his lack of power middling on base percentage would make that a tough pill to swallow. Likelihood of a Solaire reunion, would Eddie continue to produce, uh, reduce the need for a guy like Jock? So first question, I don't see Tim Anderson as a fit right now. I think you let Orlando Arcia ride things out. If you get to the deadline and Arcia is, you know, starting to go back into the offensive profile we've seen from him in the past, you know, a below 100 OPS plus type player, then maybe you look to make a deal for Anderson at that point. But TA has declined defensively himself over the year. He's had trouble staying on the field. I just don't see Tim Anderson as a likely trade candidate right now. Um, and I don't think there's a deal, pretty much any deal of significance that doesn't include Von Grissom. I think he's one of your better trade chips, him and then some of the really young pitch, pitching prospects that the Braves have. Smith Shalver is the guys they just drafted in last year's draft. You know, Schuster, some of the guys that they have from depth. I don't think there's any way a deal gets done where he's not included in that. And I like Von Grissom long term for the Braves. Whether he's the shortstop or not, I think the bat's going to play. I've made that point abundantly clear for a while now i like von grissom's role as a super utility type player going forward with the braves and then the likelihood of a solaire reunion i've said the braves need another right-handed platoon type bat uh to replace in my mind kevin pilar now Solaire's not somebody you can put in left field defensively but he would give you another right-handed power bench bat um, so I think perhaps, and if Eddie gets going, yes, I think that replaces the need for a, a, you know, a left-handed bat like Jock Peterson for sure. And I do think Eddie you know, picks things up as he has here as of late. All right, next, got several Soroka questions that I want to answer, and we'll get to those here next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right pieces 
on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Got a big series coming up over the weekend against the New York Mets. Friday afternoon, I will post another episode previewing that big four-game series. Hopefully it gets played. Looks like weather could be rough there. When are we just going to get some solid good weather? It feels like it's been cold the entire month of April. Braves bats are already pretty hot, but I think they'll get even hotter as the weather warms up. So hopefully we get some good weather going into the month of May. But a big series nonetheless against the Mets this weekend, and we'll preview that on Friday's podcast, which, again, I'll post probably Friday afternoon sometime. Getting back into the questions, Jay Goldie says, what's the plan with Soroka? Seems like he's ready to rejoin the rotation, but the rotation is full. I would agree with that, and I think Mark Bowman of MLB.com even hinted to this um, in a tweet a while back or, or in the last week and who said, you know, if the Braves needed Soroka right now, I think they wouldn't hesitate to call him up. And I think he is the next man up, but there's no re- need to really rush him right now. And as you said, I think the rotation is finally fully healthy. It's taking shape and looks pretty good. looks really good. So there's no need to rush him at this point. It's, you know, he's looked good at AAA. I uh, wouldn't expect him to be a top of the rotation type guy right now. He hasn't necessarily look like that and the outings that I've watched at Gwinnett do I think he'll be good do I think he can be back the rotation worthy yes but has he outplayed some of the other guys who are pitching for the Braves right now no I mean I, I don't think you can replace him replace Bryce Elder right now with the way that he's pitched Charlie Morton continues to look better Kyle Wright was looking fantastic before his start got cut short you're obviously not going to replace Max Fried or Spencer Strider right now so Unless you're going to go to a six-man rotation, and Brian Snicker has never hinted at that idea or the willingness to go to a six-man rotation, I think you just ride it out right now until an opening comes up. Now, when you get into May, and Michael Soroka is you know, looking really good, and he's continuing to get through six innings at AAA, giving up you know, two earned or less or whatever, you know, what he's been doing, basically, uh, maybe he forces his way in there. But again, I think that's a situation that'll work itself out. Either you'll see, you know, Bryce Elder. I mean, that's the guy that there's going to have to replace. I don't think they're taking any of those other guys out of the rotation unless they get injured. So it would take Bryce Elder taking a couple of steps back or somebody else getting injured for Soroka to get in there, which is just crazy to say because he was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball not too long ago. But that's how good I think the Braves' rotation is right now. But I think we'll see Soroka sooner than later, and I think that situation will work itself out. Annabelle Self says, whose performance has been the biggest pleasant surprise so far this season? Whose has been an unpleasant surprise? I don't know if there's an unpleasant surprise or not, but Marcelo Zuna, I mean, that has certainly been the most unpleasant part of watching the Braves so far. I think Joe Jimenez as well. I know he's on the paternity list right now. Congratulations to him and his family. I hate to talk bad about him when he just had a kid, but this is a guy, you know, you talk about some of the struggles with the bullpen, which I think are somewhat overblown because it's mostly been one guy who's been really bad lately, but the Braves gave up their top prospect. And whether you think he was their top prospect or not, that's what many publications had Justin Henry Malloy ranked as you gave that up for one year of Joe Jimenez to be your main setup guy, and he has been a non-factor in the bullpen in high-leverage situations. So for whatever reason, being slow in spring training, you know, coming in after the, the offseason surgery, whatever the case may be, 
that's been a unpleasant surprise for me so far. The biggest pleasant surprise I think is Sam Hilliard. And we talked about it all spring. You really were just hoping, I think the Braves were hoping one of those guys they brought in would really step, step up and fill that role. Not only has Sam Hilliard done it, he's done it in replace of Michael Harris who has been injured and he's done it playing center field. So I think Sam Hilliard has been one of the biggest pleasant surprises. I think Orlando Arcia early on before the injury was a huge pleasant surprise as well. Bryce Elder has been another pleasant surprise. Nick Anderson, Michael Tonkin. I mean, there's been a lot of really good pleasant surprises for the Braves so far, but I think Sam Hilliard, because we were looking at that left field DH position and thinking who's going to step up there. And so far, you know, through the first month of the season, uh, it's been Sam Hilliard. Uh, Joey Milby says uh, he also asked about Mike Sor- Michael Soroka. If Soroka keeps it up at AAA and everyone in the rotation does what they've been doing, what do we do with them? And it's a great question. I don't know. Uh, maybe you do look at going to a six-man rotation. Again, if he's going out at AAA every fifth day, or it's more than that in AAA, but if he's going out there every time and he's just dominating, I, I think you got to at least consider a six-man rotation if all – if Bryce Elder in particular continues to pitch well, because again, I think he's the one guy you're looking at that if they slip up, Soroka is going to replace them. I don't see him replacing Morton, Wright, Strider, or Freed unless an injury comes up. So it's really just, it's really on Bryce Elder. Can Bryce Elder pitch well enough to hold off Michael Soroka? Um, and I do think, and I said this at the beginning, the Braves are going to slow play him. And you've already seen that. You know, they pushed back his start this week to Sunday to mitigate his innings. And I think that's going to be something they look at all year to try to watch the innings of Soroka as well, who hasn't pitched for over two years. And I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on for Soroka this season. I don't think he's going to be, Joey had asked if maybe he's a, a trade possibility. I don't think so. The Braves have invested too much into Soroka at this time. They want to get something out of him. Joey also, also asked, if we call up an arm for the pin, is it Rios? or Rodery. I really like Rodery Munoz, and you got a good look at him in spring training. Um, I honestly have not seen enough of Rios to give you a good indication there whether or not he would be the guy, but I do like Rodery Munoz, but hopefully the guys in the bullpen start to pick it up. Again, it's really just been one guy. It's been A.J. Minter who's been really bad, um, but I think the bullpen's going to be okay, especially with Rysel Iglesias coming back, hopefully in the next within the next week. Um, Blake Newsom says, what can the Braves do to keep Tonkin when all the rehabs come back because he has been elite in the long relief role need to keep him till he runs cold. And this is a great question from Blake, because I don't know what you do. Quite honestly, um, you really only have Rysel Iglesias coming back, but again, who do you replace in this starting or in this bullpen right now you can't take out Nick Anderson he's one of your main guys you're not going to take out Jesse Chavez even though he's on a minor league deal but he also has the service time uh, to reject that you're not going to take out Dylan Lee he does have options but he's one of your best relievers you're not sitting down McHugh I know people are upset with Mentor right now but you're not sitting him down perhaps there is an injury there maybe he goes on the IL again these things tend to to work themselves out over time Danny Young's obviously the odd man out right now whenever Rysel Iglesias does come back. Danny Young's the one that's going to be option. Uh, but when Joe Jimenez comes back off the paternity list, whichever happens first, that's when things get kind of interesting. But I do think the Braves will do what they need to to keep Michael Tonkin on this roster because, as, as Blank 
Blake pointed out, he has been too good for the Braves to just simply let go like that, especially you need bullpen guys to get through 162, and you hate to give up one of your better ones early on. All right, next I'm going to get to some of the questions from the chat sections. We are doing a live episode. Don't do many of these during the season, uh, but I will get to those here next. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I'm about to be a parent of three with multiple jobs. Circumstances change and your needs for mental health change as well. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash MLB. All right, as I mentioned, I'll have a Mets preview series episode coming out Friday afternoon, and then me and Grant will have the postcast for all four of those games. Those will be some big games over the weekend. Jumping into the chat section here, Easy Midkiff says, the logical side of me finds it hard to believe that the difference between Mentor being horrible and a top reliever is between the eighth and ninth inning, but is, is that really all it may be? I'm right there with you, Easy. It's Look, the stats don't lie. He's been much better in the eighth inning and the ninth inning. I do think it's a mental hurdle for some people. And like it was a four-nothing game against the Marlins. Like you gotta get it done. And the stuff looks the same. I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know that it can really I don't think him being a top reliever has anything to do with it being the eighth or the ninth inning. But again, Stats don't lie, and it's not like he's been terrible in the ninth inning, but he is significantly better in that setup role. And I, get, I think for some guys, it's really just that mental factor of being getting over that hurdle and closing out the game. And maybe Mentor just struggles with that. We just talked about better health. You know, maybe he just has a mental hurdle, mental block, especially with the way he's pitched lately, that he can't get it done in the ninth inning. And you know, maybe not every pitcher has that. Cody Cooper, so who goes when Arcia and Harris return? Return Surely not Vaughn Grissom. It has to be Ozuna and Eli White. Uh, yeah, failed to mention Eli White as well earlier. He is also on the paternity list. Everybody having kids right now. I'm having one here soon in July. So when Harris comes back, it'll be Nick Solak that gets sent down. Also, Eli White will get sent down as well, whichever happens first. That'll be the casualty there. And then when RC comes back, as I said earlier, I do think it's Grissom that gets sent back down. MS, could the pitch clock be speeding him up too much since he was the slowest guy last year? Now, that's a good point. I haven't really thought of, but he was still elite to begin the year. It's really just been this past week. So I don't know if he's tipping pitches. I don't know what's going on there. Look, the day before against the Marlins, he had – a clean ninth inning to close out the game. It's really just, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's an, an answer right now. I don't know that A.J. Minter has the answer right now to why he, why he has struggled so poorly in you know this past week or so. Um, Cody also said, I think Minter should go on the 10-day 
DL with a dead arm wants Joe Jimenez indoor indoor Iggy come back. Perhaps there's something to that. Like I said, it could be a way to also keep Tonkin on the roster. Just give Minter a little bit of a mental break once Iglesias is back. I could see that possibly happening. Raj says, hey, Jake, everyday listener here. Thank you, Raj. Appreciate that. Um, grilling some barbecue chicken at the moment, but appreciate you in the podcast. Thank you so much, Roz. Uh, Raj, will New Era make giant hats for our guys to celebrate with? I don't want the moral morale and celebration to get low in the dugout. Yeah, I didn't mention this on the podcast the other day, but the big hat celebration is gone. New Era said, we are the official hat uh, provider of Major League Baseball. You cannot have that. I just can't imagine there's not a simple solution to this for New Era to slap a logo on that hat and then let the Braves have their celebration. Seems kind of ticky-tacky by New Era and a bad look for them, in my opinion. But, yeah, as for now, the big hat celebration is gone. I don't think that really does much for the morale of the team or anything like that. I'm sure they'll find something new to come up with. But that was a really fun one, short-lived as it was. But until you know, New Era decides to do something there and play along with the kids, uh, that celebration is gone for the moment. Joseph Bradish, thoughts on Eddie and Vaughn being able to put the bat on the ball recently. Also, what's your opinion on Ozuna still getting starts despite the production from Pilar, Rosario, and Hilliard? Is Ozuna still getting starts? I mean, what has he got? Did he get one start in the Marlins series that came against Alcantara, who he just happens to have really good numbers against and got a hit off of him? So I think we're starting to see Ozuna's time decrease, and I think it will decrease even more once Michael Harris comes back. So I think Ozuna's time, playing time is already starting to be decreased and or decreased. And I, I like the bat-to-ball skills of Eddie Rosario and Vaughn Grissom. I think that's a huge plus in this lineup and something that is needed. You have a lot of power up and down that lineup. Eddie's possible, you know, has power potential as well, a 20-plus home run bat. But I do like having those bat-to-ball guy, guys in the lineup. You saw Brian Snicker put on a couple of hit and runs with those guys the other night to create some action. I think it just helps this offense score in other ways. Uh, Nicholas says, what's up? Thanks for joining um, the chat. Kyle Ochoa says, I just want to say nothing against Minter, but he has never been reliable in the ninth. Yeah. Again, we talked about it earlier. I don't, I don't know what that difference is between the eighth and the ninth, other than it's just more pressure, added pressure. And perhaps that gets to Minter a little bit, but the guy is Got some big outs on the biggest stage in baseball. I can't imagine that's what's going on here. I really just hope it's a run of some bad luck. Look, he got hit hard on Thursday for sure. Maybe it was a back-to-back. I, I don't know. Again, I don't have the answer for Mentor. I, I, maybe I need to go back and watch it, although I really don't want to go back and watch it. But oh, the stuff still looks the same. Uh, I just He's just not getting the results right now. Um. R-O-Y-G says, what's so bad about a six-man rotation? Nothing except you get less of Max Freed, you get less of Spencer Strider, your top guys aren't pitching quite as much. But if you have six guys who are going out there and dealing every time out, I like the idea of a six-man rotation, and it keeps your guys fresh for the end of the season, but it does take starts away from Max Freed, from Spencer Strider. So, you know, that's the only downside is you have six guys, what's the chances that, Every time through that rotation, all six guys are going to deal. But if it comes to that point, I think the Braves could certainly entertain it. John Lee Minter has blown three games now and has over five ERA. Snit just keeps using him. 
Look, you got to look at the track record. This is one really bad week for AJ Minter, and it has been a really, really bad week. But the guy has been one of the best closers, or sorry, one of the best relievers in all of baseball for the last two plus years now. Last year, I think he was one of the best relievers in all of baseball. So, yeah, he's going to keep using him. He's not going to go off a one week sample size that, again, has been really, really bad. But you're not going to let that dictate, you know, one week dictate what you do for a guy who's been good for two plus years. Nicholas says, once Iglesias comes back, I think we'll see a difference. I do too. Look, it's kind of like last year when Michael Harris entered center field and allowed Duvall to go to left, it really settled everything down in the outfield. I think when Iglesias comes back, he takes over that closers role. You put Minter back in his more comfortable setup situation. I think that just settles the bullpen down so much more. And I think we'll see some improvement there. Would you keep Michael Tonkin over Jesse Chavez? And I was thinking about this when we were going over roster decision earlier. And it's a very great question. And one I don't know that I have an answer to. Um, you know, Jesse Chavez has been really good in a Braves uniform. I think both of those guys should be in the same role. We've had to use Chavez in high leverage situations, and that's not really what he should be used for. He should be more of that you know, long reliever type guy who comes in when a starter has to leave early because of a rain delay or an injury or somebody that can come in in a 4 nothing game. I honestly think he should have started the ninth inning on Thursday. That's the kind of role that Jesse Chavez should be used in. I think it's the same for Michael Tonkin, even though they both pitched better than that and because of injuries, they've had to be in those high leverage situations. But I don't know the answer. That's a great question. Um, Nicholas says the young guys, uh, Shaver, Murphy, and Richie have shown some really good potential. Yes, all the Braves young starting pitching prospects have gotten off to a good start. Um, Joseph says, I feel so dumb for not placing my preseason bets on Strider or Cy Young. I tried to tell you. Chase Hux, hey, buddy, hope you're doing well. That was a tough loss today. What's your thoughts on the bullpen pros and cons? I think the bullpen's going to be fine. Again, like I just said, especially when Iglesias comes back, mentors more in his regular role. I think things will settle out. Travis Darno, uh, Grant mentioned this on the postcast yesterday. Talked to him. He's doing some baseball activities. I think he could be back within the next two weeks, you know, if not sooner. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you so much for making Locked On Braves your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Follow me at Shortstop Ball. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 